Okay, college baseball fans, we are back after a yeah short little layoff. We we didn't record the episode this past Sunday because Dimitri was traveling across the Atlantic Ocean into Italy to start his professional baseball season over at the Italian League, whatever you call it. But hey, dude, you missed a lot on Sunday. Just want to let you know. Like, dude, thanks for finally joining us, <laughs> dude. I Saturday night on on the plane, I felt. Big time. I bought some good ass Wi Fi. I had some fucking dinner and I was following college baseball games. I was like chilling. And then Sunday, I was tired as fuck. I didn't sleep. I didn't have phone service. I didn't have Wi Fi. I didn't have any of that stuff. And I was like, dude, honestly, I don't care about college baseball right now. I care about <laughs> food. I didn't eat. I, I was like, I want food. I want to go to sleep. And maybe, maybe we'll come back to college baseball later. But throughout the week we got our wi-fi we ready to rock and roll baby <laughs> we're ready to rock and roll and dude like to hear you say like uh, i didn't i didn't have wi-fi i didn't have phone service all i wanted to do was eat and sleep like how did people function back in the day without wi-fi and internet and tv like i don't i couldn't imagine doing it for more than like 48 hours <laughs> well well i think i i i i don't know dude because we're so wired with internet. We're so like addicted. I don't know if I, I don't want to know. I don't know if the word addicted is the right word, but we're so interconnected. Like our lives depend on other people and like communication. We expect like normally you're okay with two to three days for someone to, to get back to you. Like whether it's a message on your like a beep beep voice message at your house or some shit. Now if someone doesn't text you back an hour, you're like, yo, where the fuck are you? Answer you're my like, text. yo, are you mad at me? Like, what's going on? Are you mad? But at yeah, me? yeah. Like, like, don't be, don't big leave me. Like, answer my <laughs> fucking call now. And so, like, I don't know, man. But like, even with college baseball news, breaking news is out within a minute in sports media. It's Did out they have, within. The... Dude, I wonder if they had like college baseball scores like in the newspapers back in the day. Like, you couldn't. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You think so? I think. I think. Your local, your local college baseball scores were in the newspaper. You probably read them Sunday morning. They had a write up because sports, dude, journalism used to be like a big thing. Now journalism is a fucking just a money grabbing, attention seeking job, in my opinion. Yeah, like everybody, anybody can be anybody can be journalist now. Like, look at us. Like, I guess we're considered like journalists if you think about but we don't write we don't write so i don't think we're well, i think we're just entertainers content creators if, i don't know if, that's don't just even, because that's just we don't write because we're not good at it we can't read or write dimitri remember i can uh, whoa 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 i i think i can i believe i can write a little bit i just would rather talk about shit and make videos rather than write shit but yeah who knows uh and that kind of like leads me to um, like what I wanted to start the podcast with, which has been the most viral thing of the week for college baseball is you know, Dan McDonald from Louisville head coach, just going off about how it's time to open up the stadiums. It's time to allow people in. Like people have had plenty of time to get vaccinated. If it's an outdoor event. Let's get this thing rolling. And I don't know if this is legal or not, but I actually kind of want to play this clip just over my microphone, just so the listeners who haven't seen it can hear it. So we're going to try to do what this. What do you mean fast. legal? I don't know if you can. What do you mean legal? I don't know if it's illegal or not. Not that I care, but like, what the 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 play his video on the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, you can play it because it's already on Twitter. It's already it's a it's a public video. Okay, well, I'm gonna play it. So be quiet. Like we're, yeah, play it. <laughs> okay. 
So this is him talking about after the win, the big win against Vanderbilt, which we'll talk about here in a second, him just kind of going off on the media saying, like, we want full stands. So here we go. Ready to open this place up. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm beyond frustrated. I'm tired of it. We're an outdoor sport. I mean, let's go, people. Turn on the Masters. Watch the Derby. Watch the games in the SEC and in other ballparks. It's an outdoor sport. You want to risk it, you risk it. Like, I'm, I'm tired of playing games without people in the stands. So let's open it up and let's let our fans come and let's let them enjoy some Louisville baseball. And then I'll be a little more excited to host a regional because unfortunately I haven't had a regional atmosphere yet. Right? Do we not agree? I'm Rado. <laughs> I mean, dude, how great was that? And like, I mean, he brings up so, good dude, There's so much. There's he brings up great points, but there's so much to break down with that that whole thing. So well, wait, we break beginning. it down. He before we break it down, hold on. Before we break it down, like first of all, I love how he said, you know, you know, before I get excited about hosting a regional, it's like, all right, look, man, like you're not in a position to host a regional yet. Like you just got swept by Clemson. Like of course you just won at Vanderbilt, which helps you change. No. But like this is one of those. Dude, things he was on his little high horse there. Oh, he was. And he, he was and he on his high horse there. That's the highest paid. That, if, that, if, I, if, I, if I'm remembering this correctly, he's the high, highest paid um, college baseball coach in the nation. So, like, he's our leader. Like, he's the guy that everybody wants to be, to, to be paid as much as him. So, he's got the most ground to stand on, in my opinion. No. As of, as of, as of 2019, Tim Corbin was the highest paid coach in college baseball at, at 1.3 million a year. Dave Van Horn at Arkansas was 1.1 million and Dan McDonald was 1.1 million. Oh, wow. So he was the tied for second highest paid. Bro, Butch Thompson makes made was making a million or he's still making a million at Auburn. Are you serious? You remember Butch Thompson? Yeah, yeah he's making a mill. He came he came over from Mississippi State, right? Yeah, pitching coach, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he was the pitching coach. Lamonis is only making six hundred thousand. Mike Martin was making seven hundred thousand a year. So, Mike Martin was making more than Lamonis, which it blows my. I thought Lamonis was making making way more than Mike Martin. I guess in two thousand. This is two thousand nineteen. What does Mike Martin need with seven hundred fifty thousand dollars? I feel like that guy still buys Folgers coffee and like gets a, a dollar menu McDonald's every day. He definitely shops at Walmart. Yeah, no doubt. That's all he's. I think at. Mike Martin is the kind of guy to go buy a pair, go buy a pair of comfy-looking sweatpants from Walmart or some shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, like just still in that old school mind. But anyway, back to the video. So, McDonald is definitely he's a, he's the number two highest paid coach in college baseball. So he is relevant. He is extremely relevant in terms of people listening to him and saying, "Yo, this guy matters." No, yeah, and and like. Um, Obviously, his his point that he's trying to get across, which like nobody can argue, is listen. It's an outdoor event. People like we're not forcing anybody to come. Like if if you want to get vaccinated and you want to get to the point where like you can come to the game, like please come. Like don't like don't come to the game if you don't want to. If you think it's at risk, but like we have a ton of Louisville fans out there who are dying to come watch us play. Like we put this field on the, you know, we put this team on the field 
for a reason for all the fans to watch. And like, if the people want to come watch, let them come watch. Like let's, let's get a regional atmosphere in there. Use the home field advantage to our, uh, use the home field advantage for our advantage. And like, let's have a great rest of the season. Like that's what he's saying. And like political oh. views aside, like he's not getting political here. He's just saying it's time. Like other sports are doing it now. Like they have yeah. 45,000 people at the, the Arlington, like Arlington's field for opening day. Yeah. That's where, that's what he pissed off. He pissed off at the double standard. He pissed off at one state doing one thing, another state doing another thing because of your political leadership. He's like, why, why is that fair? Why is that okay for us to have to suffer empty stadiums while another school, another state is allowing their school have full attendance, full everything. And the people can make their own, decisions on whether they want to go to the game or not because but ben if i go to a college baseball game and the dude next to me has mono and i don't know about it it's, i'm not going to sit there and be like oh shit he might have mono like i'm not going to a game you know what i mean yeah like, like and people get sick from mono people get sick from these things like yes covid is, a, is, is considered a pandemic right now but let people go to the game we're 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 on the finish line we're reaching like let's let's let everybody do on be on the same page if we're all if all at 50%. Great. We're all at 50%. But we have one school who has freaking 17,000 games. Right. And um, no, but dude, the, the thing is we've seen two of the biggest, like I would put them on the current Mount Rushmore of coaches in college baseball speak out against it. Cause we saw Tim Corbin say something after that um, Tennessee yep. series too. Yep. Like two figureheads in the game of college baseball, two of the most recognizable coaches. They're sick of the shit. They're sick of it. They're like, listen, let us have fans like everybody else. Like if they, if our fans want to come to the game, they can come, right? Like we're not By forcing the way, them. Vanderbilt starting this weekend, is they opened up to 100%. I don't know if you saw that. I saw that. And then Louisville starting immediately is getting up to 50%. Like it just took him for speaking out. So like... And, and I understand they were probably concerned or trying to be careful with their words the first couple months you know trying just to not ruffle any feathers not create too many waves and distraction but he got to a point where he couldn't keep his mouth shut anymore and i don't blame him because you're a team that is playing in front of an empty crowd you discussed what louisville then you beat vanderbilt he's on his high horse a little bit but he's like Dude, the fans matter. Our guys feed off the energy of the fans. And people in the past year realized how important your your fan base is, your crowd, your yeah. energy. It's important to sports. Like nobody wants to if, – if, if sport didn't need fans, there wouldn't be there. It, it, it's just that's how things develop. Fans matter. Sports are what the fans enjoy. The players enjoy the – loud scream to cheer the boots the, the taunting the, everything that is part of the game that's how you get your blood going that's how you get adrenaline when you get in the box you hear ten thousand people standing up start clapping in the bottom of the ninth like like come on man let's 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 go <laughs> let's and go then, but but yo how about this all these schools are starting to go back to 75 percent 100 percent the ncaa i promise you and you can write in ink on paper they are going to come out and say, making a statement, adjusting something in terms of the attendance. I don't think it's going to be 50% when we get to June. That's a bold I call. That's I a bold call. And I think the NCAA is going to see money and they're going to see people speaking out against the 50%. They're going to say, 
oh, wow, like maybe maybe we can take advantage of this opportunity because, you know, the NCAA is a money-grabbing fucking Ponzi scheme. That's all they are. <laughs> they don't care about amateur athletics. They care about making money and making people happy. And I think if Dan McDonald and Tim McCorbin are starting to lose their minds to get pissed off, I think the NCAA might say, hey, listen, we're going to let it be up to your states. Yeah. I think they're going to make an adjustment. It might... They might optically make it look pretty to the public eye, but I, I'm sure if you read into it a little deeper, there could be something that they change. Listen, so I, I like the way you're thinking there. And and I had a little theory going with some of the buddies I was talking with. This this might be the time, like the NCAA, regional, super regionals, and college world series might be a time where the NCAA says, you know what? We're going to use this as a tryout before college football starts up in a few months. Because, you know, June to August, whenever or September, when college football starts, they're going to use this as an opportunity to be like, hey, like outdoor events. Um, I would say 99% of college football games are outdoors. Like people in the stands, let's see how this works. We'll use college baseball as a dummy. Like we'll use it and see how it turns out. If it turns out great, we can point to the data and say, this is why our decision to open college football back to 100% um, is going to work. So I, I can totally see that. I, I like baseball. that. I like that. I like that angle because yeah. – they, they, college football is their bread and butter. It's their cash cow, like, man. They have to have college football. And college baseball, I feel like, is a, um, what, what's the word for? Um, placebo, not, yeah, placebo, like a testing device. And they're going to use college baseball as their testing device for the, the bigger, bigger exactly. cash cow. Dude, and so that might have been. That might have been the best point we've ever made on our podcast ever. Like, use college baseball, like outdoor events. People are there. People are sitting side by side. People are now vaccinated. Like, there's people that are not scared to go outside anymore. Like, let's use this as an opportunity to bring more fans to the game, see how it turns out. If it turns out to be a disaster, okay, whatever. Like, it failed. But you'll never know until you try. Like, and the difference between 50% capacity and 100%, not that big. Like, you're still going to see people there like you're going to be touching people you're gonna to be within six feet of people yeah so, absolutely yeah but anyways so, let's go ahead yeah, um, moving on we'll um, move on from there and the next big viral subject of the weekend was by far the vmi virginia military institute at citadel fight or brawl like benches clearing brawl which we don't see a lot of in college baseball and to break it down citadel's losing bad to uh vmi and they're both military schools if you're not aware um <laughs> And guy throws a pitch behind the batter. The third, the guy on third base for VMI starts chirping. No, no, it wasn't the third baseman. It was someone in the bullpen for VMI. Whoever was in the bullpen, because if you watch another camera angle, the pitcher was walking towards third, but more towards third base line towards the bullpen. You remember how Citadel, the bullpen yeah. is like almost on top of the field behind third base. So someone in that bullpen was chirping because I watched the video a couple more times because I was trying to figure the third the guy on third base and the coach were not involved. They were just standing. Oh, okay. And there was a guy, guy in the bullpen and the guy in the dugout were both screaming because if you watch the Citadel pitcher's head, he turned. He like he like panned like two different spots, and that's when he started working towards the bullpen because I think I went back an inning before. And and then if you go a batter before, he threw it at another guy, the, the guy before. So there was some shit heating up, boiling up, like building up to this climax. And so that's when it started. And dude, 
the the Kion deck has that. So I'm I'm like all the way comes walking, he starts screaming, acting fucking hard out like on a steroid trip. Guy in the on deck has a bat over his shoulder. He puts it down and starts running. And I was like waiting for him to drop it. I was waiting for him to drop it. That motherfucker went all the way into the middle of the fight with his bat. And I was like, oh my God, it's about to happen. What are you doing? Bat down. They start, you know, beating each other and saying, and you know, started pushing. I think there was like two or three punches thrown like way in the middle of the crowd. I and saw the umpire that. just backed up. And you have, I think if I think if you see in the top right corner of the video, one of the umpires, you can see him go into his pocket or like up here. And I think he was grabbing his notepad to start writing down numbers of That's the players what, who started doing stuff. Yeah, but the umpires were just going to let it happen. Like that was the first time in baseball history where the umpires aren't trying to pull people off of each other. They said, you know what? Let these guys go at it. Like we're not getting they in the had no, this. They had no, they hadn't, dude, umpires, you, you don't put yourself in that position. I think with no coach there, it was straight players for about a hard six, seven seconds. There was nobody there to break it up. So if I'm the umpire, that's not your business to get in the middle of that. Yeah, that's I mean, not I, your job. It kind of is, though. They have to regulate the game and like make sure everything is going smoothly. But uh, yeah, we don't see very many benches clearing brawls in college baseball, especially no, at the D1 level. Never. First one I remember since that Florida and Miami one a few years ago. Or was it? Yeah, no, was Florida, full state. Florida, Florida, Florida state. state. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I mean, I, I'm sure DJ Stewart, DJ Stewart. Yeah, he trucked. Um, it wasn't Pete Alonzo, was it? Um, but yeah, so it might have been. But yeah, that was a that was a viral moment. Just two military schools full of you testosterone. Got a Wi-Fi lagging going. No, I'm. I mean, yours is lagging a little bit, but we're fine. Um, but yeah, no, just two military schools just filled up with testosterone, yep. just getting after it. Um, anyways, uh, a couple other well, keynotes from this past weekend I want to touch but, on. You, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to, we got to fit. Hey, we got to finish up one thing on that thing. If you're going to start a fight, you got to win a game. You, I don't understand how you can get swept, start a fight, and just be dead last night. Like, that is a lot of L's to handle. And I don't know if Citadel is built for that. But you know, they had punishment the next morning, Ben. What do you think they had to do? The, both the next teams, Monday or whatever. Whew, do you know. think they had a little one day boot camp? We're gonna climb log, we're gonna climb rope ladder, and we're gonna crawl through mud. We, you guys, you guys, embarrassed. I, I can so hear the coach or Tony Spool saying, "You guys, embarrassed. That's not who we're about. We are, we are, we are the Citadel. We don't do that shit. We hold ourselves to higher. You know, some bogus yeah. like shit like that." And all the players are sitting there like. Uh, like dude that was sick bro like you almost punched the <laughs> shit out of that guy <laughs> yeah they either had a ton of punishment or none at all i don't think there was anything in between they either went all out or nothing at all and um but anyways so seton hall tyler burnham throws a 14 strikeout no hitter that was cool seton hall's having a sneaky really good year in the big east probably one of the favorites to win it them and maybe creighton and then fairfield finally oh, loses you yukon UConn too, yeah. Um, but yeah, then Fairfield, all the biggies, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Fairfield finally loses, and then um, 
So other than that, like in the midweek, we had Louisville beating Vanderbilt seven to two, just like really took it to him. And we've kind of made fun of Louisville all year for just being so terrible in midweek games. Well, they have back-to-back really good midweek wins in the last two weeks. Um, other than that, I mean, there was a few other upsets that like kind of caught our attention, but Texas looked really good again. Texas Tech destroyed Oklahoma in Amarillo. Uh, Florida knocks off Stetson, which is a good win for Florida. There was an absolute shootout in Ole Miss. I mean, the wind was blowing out. There was crazy home runs. Arkansas State had eight runs in the sixth inning, and they Ole Miss oh, ended they up had winning. the tying run. They yeah, they had the tying run at the plate in the ninth. At the plate in the ninth. Yeah. Uh, but Ole Miss won 15 to 12. So it looked like an Ole Miss versus Arkansas State football game there. And then moving to the, like today, a couple other like midweek things happened. Uh, South Carolina avoids a scare against North Florida. So good win for the Gamecocks back or bouncing back from a sweep against Ole Miss this past week. Now, Southern Miss, one of our kings from the Conference USA, lose in a midweek to Southeast Louisiana, who's actually one of the better mid major teams out there. So Call it an upset just because we think Southern Miss is really good. But the Lions from southeastern Louisiana, they're going to be keep climbing that mid-major power power ranking. And then Pitt finally plays a game after like three weeks, Dimitri. It's like five straight games of COVID, and they lose to West Virginia on the road eight to two. So that was the first Pitt, that was the first game Pitt has played since April 18th. That's crazy. Just complete. There's like literally, that's literally half a month. Yeah, dude. I mean, like half a month. It, it sucks to wait that long between games. And so Pitt, who a lot of people are projecting to host, like they, they better start winning some games because their schedule gets kind of tough moving forward. I mean, they have a pretty easy weekend coming up with Boston College. Uh, actually, you know what? I lied. Their schedule is very easy moving forward. Wow. I, what, I wonder what team I was looking at that had a tough ACC schedule left. But yeah, hand up. They actually have Boston College, NC State, and Wake Forest left. Not bad at all. So um, just like kind of going back into the ACC a little bit, Dimitri, Notre Dame is running away with it. They have not lost a conference series all week or all year. And they're 21 and eight, four games up on Louisville. I mean, and really nobody else is even close to them. So no, it's, it's Notre Dame to lose. And I don't think they're losing. Yes. They- they're in a beautiful position to host a regional. Oh, I think it's almost a lock now. I mean, they, of course, they play they play Florida State at home this. It's week. a lot, and then they play at Virginia Tech to close the season. So, no, like walk in the parks there. Virginia but, Tech. Yeah, no walk in the parks there. But the ACC is pretty much all but wrapped up. I mean, hey, they if if Virginia Tech could win the next series, they're set. To be a national seed. Who's that? Virginia Tech? They just got to win against North Florida State or Virginia Tech, I think, and they're oh, set. Yeah. No, I agree. No, 100%. no, Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they should be a national seed. You're right. Not just a host, which is cool. It's cool to see, um, you know, a northern school like Notre Dame like have a lot of success because we saw their first game of the season against Louisiana Tech get snowed out. Um, so it's cool to see that. Now, talking about another conference that's like pretty much. I don't want to say wrapped up, but pretty locked in. TCU has a stranglehold on the Big 12 right now. Two games up against Texas. Now they play each other this weekend. So unless Texas sweeps, even if Texas wins two out of three, TCU will hold a one-game lead. 
And if TCU wins this series, then they pretty much win the Big 12 because they only have one conference series left, and it's against Kansas State. So Big 12, sorry, Texas Tech, sorry, Texas. Looks like it's TCU's to lose. Um, yep. Now, where it gets interesting, again, is with the Pac-12, the Big 10, and the SEC. All of those are still up for grabs. So move into like the Pac-12 real quick. Arizona does have a two-game lead, but Arizona and Stanford play each other this weekend. And then Arizona still has – I'm looking at their schedule right now. They still have Washington, Oregon State left on their schedule. So Washington's no no walk in the park this year. Like they're pretty competitive, right around 500. And then Oregon State, we've seen the success they've had in the past. So I think the, the Pac-12 is more wide open just because of how many teams are right there. I mean, you have six teams within three and a half games of first place six teams and you have five within three and they've they've got three series to play no they have four let me see they have, do they have four games they have four yeah one two three four, three some teams have some have four pack ball series left so the 12 games to play with game breaking you anything can happen no i know and hey, shit ucla ucla can win the win the freaking pack 12 yeah, no, I mean, any of those six teams, even all the way down to Arizona State, like if they go 12-0 and 0 in the last 12 games, it's going to be hard to beat because they're only three and a half back. Yeah. Um, another Dude, yeah. another conference that's like separated six teams within three and a half games is the Big Ten. The Big Ten with Rutgers sitting in sixth place, who we've already seen knock off Michigan and Nebraska, uh, going five and one against those two teams in the last two weeks. I mean, they're only three and a half games back, and they're in sixth place. You still have Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, Michigan, and Indiana separated within three and a half games now they only have let's see they have one two three four i mean they still have holy crap man they have a lot of conference games left three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen they still have 14 conference games left or at least indiana does yeah because I'm they at. they're playing straight they're playing straight big 10 baseball this year i mean I th- honestly, though, it's still Indiana, Michigan, Nebraska division to win. It might be Rutgers, brother. At the end of the day. <laughs> it might be Rutgers. No, no, play. dude. I promise. I'm promising the Big Ten. I mean, you might think so. That is your opinion. Rutgers is irrelevant when it comes to who wins the Big Ten. Can I tell you no why? Chance. Can I you're, tell you why? No chance. Can I tell you why? Go ahead. Go ahead. Because because Rutgers still has two against Minnesota, who's four and twenty six, one of the worst teams in the conference. They have two against Penn State, three against Michigan State, and three against Illinois. So they have ten games left, uh, with like the four worst teams in the in the conference. So they play against Indiana and against Nebraska this week. They play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Two against Indiana, two against Nebraska. They go three and one in that, and then they finish out the. Regular season with that week schedule. Hold on, hold on, hold, hold the freaking phone. The Rutgers is not winning four or five straight against Nebraska. I promise you. Put it down on pen and paper. Rutgers will not take. They they will not go three and one against Indiana and Nebraska. Get out of listen, here with that. Listen, one, two, three, four, five. They're six and one in their last seven. It's Iowa, Michigan, and Nebraska. Like arguably the three best teams other than Il- or Indiana in the big 10. So Rutgers might be really good this year, man. 
That would just be so bad for college or baseball. They're just kind of hot right now. Oh, they're hot yeah, right dude, now. Nobody wants Rutgers. Nobody wants Rutgers. But so, um, and then the SEC. Just no. real quick, we'll go over those standings. Uh, everybody knows we talk about the SEC a lot. So it's going to be Arkansas and Vandy, Mississippi State, all up there at the top. But what what really intrigues me is that middle group, the group that's like the Kentuckys, the Georgias, Alabama. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ten- you better put Tennessee. You better. You oh, better Tennessee. put Tennessee in that group. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I slipped up and didn't say Tennessee. But, um, I mean, those are all locks to host. I'll be national seeds. Now, Tennessee – sorry, Kentucky, Georgia, LSU, Alabama. Like, those four teams could all get into the regionals. Even though LSU is 7-14, and 14, like, they're still 27-17 and 17 on the season. Um, if, if, they finish this, if, the, if they finish the SEC strong, the committee is not going to leave LSU out. I can guarantee no, it. Their RPI, no, 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 no. their RPI is twenty three, Dimitri. Like, but you, I don't care, Ben. They're seven games under five hundred in the SEC. Well, that's the best. They have if, to. If you put, well, if you put LSU in any other conference, you put them in the Big Twelve. Like, I think. Yeah, but gonna, you, yeah, but we this this topic of debate comes up every single year. It doesn't matter. Like, like that's not the it's not. USC Upstate's fault. The LSU is in the hardest conference, and they're seven and fourteen. Like Upstate deserves it more than LSU. Like at the end of the day, your conference might be hard, but it's not Upstate's problem to say, "Oh, you went when you went under five hundred your conference, but we fucking steamrolled ours." Like we should be in because we took care of business. LSU did not. I think that's what it should come down to. Am I, am I saying that Upstate is better than LSU? I'm not going to answer that question, but <laughs> that is what it comes down to. Like, yeah. like, well, like let me, let me tell you this. Is. Let um, me, let me focus I mean, on LSU just LSU. real quick. Their, their remaining schedule is, is definitely a resume booster because they have three at Auburn. Then they play against Louisiana tech at home, play three at Alabama or sorry, three against Alabama at home. And then three at Texas A&M. Now, if LSU's for real and they, they keep winning these games, what would it take for them to, to make it into a regional? Like seven wins? Okay, seven, so seven out of ten wins? Say, that means they're 14 and 16 if they go seven and two in their last nine SEC games. That puts them at 14 and 16. That is where the committee is going to have a – Finishing under 500 is okay in your conference, especially the SEC, because any other conference is under 500, you're not in. No, no, if and what? Not even but. close. Yeah. Well, not even so, close. Yeah. Honestly, if 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 LSU wins all three of those series, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm I wouldn't I would probably they're going they would be in. A they would be in. I think so. If too. they win all three of those series, just because of the name, if they LSU. lose, if they lose one series out of their next three, you can consider them out. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Unless, unless, unless they go in the SEC tournament and just absolutely roll it. If they go in the, and if they make the finals in the SEC or the semi, then shit is really interesting. Yeah. If they lose, let's. If and. Let's say they go to the final SC tournament. They're they're a lot to be in. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, um, 
let's go ahead and preview. We, we picked out like eight series this weekend that really intrigued us. And just because like I know our Wi-Fi is kind of bad, kind of choppy. We'll wrap this show up uh, here in the next like 10, 15 minutes or so. But let's break down some of these eight weekend series that kind of intrigue us. And we'll pick five for the weekend or six, maybe six for the weekend series. Pick them. Um, the two or let's do the three that didn't quite make the cut. Uh, Clemson at Georgia Tech. That's one of them where even ACC records, they both have the same ACC record. Clemson is red hot right now. We just saw them smoke UFC upstate today. And then Georgia Tech's kind of been tailing downward since the beginning of the season. At Georgia Tech, Clemson, um, you know, they need this. And someone brought up a good point on Twitter how Clemson has like a legit chance to possibly host if like they continue to win ACC series. Like it's actually intriguing. No, because no, dude, the Clemson has absolutely zero chance because they're May 10th is four days away, Ben. Yeah, Clemson is not going to do anything in the next four days because to get in that top 20. Because you remember they're taking 20 and then they're picking the final 16 the night before the selection show. Clemson will not be in that 20. Yeah, I mean, they swept I mean, Wake Forest, swept Louisville. 40. Like, do they still have Georgia Tech, South Carolina, Florida State, Duke? Like, I know you're saying the time is running out, but if they remain hot, man, they're going to be a hell of a two seed. They're going to be a hell of a two seed. Uh, yes. So, a um, hell of a two or a three seed, 100%. Yeah. So, but that's one of the yeah, series that didn't not, make the cut. Clemson is not hosting. No, that's a good point. I, I think I got too optimistic there. Um, the other series that didn't quite make the yeah, cut, but is still in, uh, <laughs> intriguing is Indiana at Rutgers. Rutgers has beaten Michigan two out of three and swept Nebraska the last two series out of nowhere. Rutgers is 17 and 13 in conference. And now they play, it's actually not a weekend series. They play two at Indiana, one Friday, one Saturday, and then they play two against Nebraska Sunday, Monday. So it's actually a tough four game spell for, or stretch for Rutgers. But nobody's playing better baseball right now in the in the Big Ten than them. And Indiana is is the number one seed in the Big Ten right now. Really talented roster. They have guys absolutely mash, and they have a really good starting rotation. So that'll be fun to watch Friday, Saturday. Keep up with that one. Now, what we're going to do is six weekend series pickems this week, and we're going to start out west with UC yep. Irvine at Santa Barbara. Um, now, the Santa Barbara's in first place in that conference by one game, the Big West. UC Irvine, they, they just – oh, wow. Now I can't remember what they did last week. But um, Irvine I, split with Long Beach. Well, so Irvine Beach, took yeah. two – they took two out of three against Oregon State, and then they split with Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And then Santa Barbara, they've, uh, they've played a really good – they've played a very, very solid season so far, 29 and 13. Um, they have a series win against somebody huge. Oh no, no, you know what? They got swept by Oregon. I'm looking at it now, so they don't have any like serious, like serious big wins on their schedule, and so they play four this week. UC Ir- at home against UC Irvine, and then next week they play at UCLA. So big seven game stretch here for the Gauchos. Who do you like in this series? Do you like UC Irvine, Santa Barbara, or a push? Um, so if you, if you look at what, um, Irvine has been doing in four game series, they have not, they have swept 
two four-game series, and those were against Hawaii and UC Davis, who are pretty irrelevant in terms of looking like if you if you're in terms of national prestige, they're they're terrible. Yeah. So they split two and two with Northridge. They three and one against San Diego, three and one against Holly. But against Long Beach, I think this weekend is a split or a three-one shoot. I'm gonna go with the push. Two two split. Two two split. Okay. So I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with UC Irvine here. And I know that might be a surprise because they're on the road, but UC Santa Bar or sorry, yeah, UC Santa Barbara, they're 0-4 against quadrant run teams this year. And they're like they're only 17 and 7 at home. Like I know that's a huge that's a good record, but if you look at their schedule, like most of their home games are against piss poor teams. So like they haven't had any big wins on the season. They had to come back to avoid losing the series at Long Beach State a couple weeks ago with that crazy uh, eighth and ninth inning rally. I want to say that UC Irvine all around has played a much better schedule. They have had much better wins, and this UC Irvine team is not afraid to play on the road. Like they're, uh, I was I just had their road schedule. Well, they're four and six against quadrant one teams and eight and four against quadrant two. Like they can win against the the better opponents. So I'm gonna take UC Irvine. I'm gonna take the Anteaters. UC Irvine. Yeah, and you're taking push. Perfect. All right. Next series uh, here. I took a split. Yeah, you're taking the push there. All right. Next series is Tulane at East Carolina. Now this is a battle for the American Conference. Um, Tulane's actually in first place here, which. If you would have told me that, and they have a one and a half game lead against East Carolina. If you would have told me that four weeks ago, I'd have said, you're crazy. Tulane's not as good as we thought. Um, But that team, I mean, they've won, I want to say like 12 of their last 13, something in there. And East Carolina is kind of limping along through the season. Like they just split with, um, they split with UCF and split with Wichita State the last two series. Now Tulane, they're going to throw our boy Braden Oltoff game one. And this is a four-game series as well. So Tulane's going to throw Braden Oltoff game one. I'm just going to give the win to Tulane. I think that's a win. So, like, can Tulane win two of the next three? Can they win one more for the split? I'm going to go ahead and take a split here because I think Tulane will win one of the next three. But East Carolina, they're used to the splits. Um, they, they play well at home, but... I don't know. I, I think Tulane is is the real deal, and they have a potential All-American pitcher thrown on Friday night. So I'm taking the split in that series. I, this is a tough series to pick because the split is like like you're, you're expecting a split between these two teams. But I oh – man, this is tough because East Carolina – Across the whole season, in the best team. Tulane is hot. when you're hot, nobody's stopping. But I think this weekend, I think I'm going to go with East Carolina. Going to get three. I think East Carolina's getting three. Okay. All right. I mean, I can't argue with that. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me even That's if East Carolina. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if East Carolina dominates this series. But, I mean, it's going to be a battle. I mean, East Carolina has to win three out of four just to get to first place. So a split in Tulane is still one and a half up. Yep. Which is, which is crazy. So moving on, yep. we, have, we have a fun mid, uh, 
mid-major matchup that we're going to add on this ball state at central michigan and there's probably a lot of fans out there who are saying like why are they picking that series what's up with that well central michigan's 20 and 4 in the mac ball state's 19 and 5 in the mac they're both in our mid-major top 25 ball state is actually did they win the series at arizona early in the year no they split against arizona and they've beaten kentucky two out of three like they have some really good wins on their resume and then Central Michigan is 28 and 11. They uh, they were in the Mississippi State Regional back in 2019. They've built a really, really good program over there. And, oh, yeah, they're very hot. They've won like 14 of their last 15 or 16 games. And so the, way, the best way I'm going to pick this is Central Michigan, I think, wins the series just because – and it's a four-game series. So I'm taking Central Michigan three out of four. I think Central Michigan's 10 and 2 record at home speaks loudly. They're 20 and 4 in the conference and like they they just seem like they have a better all-around team when I'm looking at the stats. Like they look like they hit the ball a little bit better and they just have a little bit older pitching staff. Again, I haven't seen either one of these teams play on TV since we saw Central Michigan fake that or not fake hit that hit by pitch it. Um but uh, the batter that gets hit by the pitch in the Starkville regional and the waits till the trainer gets out there and then sprints down to first base. That was the last time I've seen um, Central Michigan play. Haven't watched them on TV. So I'm taking the Chippewas, three out of four, Dimitri. And who who do you like? I'm taking the Chippewas, three out of four. I'm taking a split here. Um, I, I mean, both these teams, game guy and ball state ball state shows they can hang with the best um four and six in quadra one team um but you know i just think some of these series for you is really hard to do and um i'm I, yeah i'm taking a split taking a split okay so we've we've been fading each other every pick been fading each other pretty pretty easily both times so um moving on to the fourth series here we have three left fourth series is a little acc matchup we got first place notre dame taking on um florida state and they're hosting florida state here now notre dame hasn't lost an sec series all year and they're 24 and 8 number like six seven wait what i can't believe you just said notre dame is in the sec Oh, ACC. I'm so sorry. You said they haven't lost. ACC, SEC. Come on, man. Come on, man. (laughs) My bad. And, uh, but dude, I think, I think, I think this is the weekend that Florida State shocks the world. Our boy, Matt Nelson, he's the best player in the country, in my opinion. 20 homers, like 57 RBIs. Florida State's coming into Notre Dame and saying, Hey, we know you're the new kids on the block, but like we've been doing this for a long time. I think Florida State wins this must-win series for them, moving closer to the playoffs and the regionals. I would say playoffs, but I mean regionals. I'm taking Florida State with the upset here, two out of three. I am right there with you. I'm rocking with the Knolls. Florida, I think, is just – I think this is like one of those weekends where they've had a, they've had a kind of up-and-down year. They show that they can be with the best, and they show that they're not very good at times. But I think this is the weekend Florida State takes two out of three. 
Right. Yeah, you kind of just get that feeling in the air already. Like Notre Dame just kind of like they know they they have the ACC locked up. Like this series doesn't mean as much to them as it does to Florida State. And I think Florida State comes in and just destroys them. I wouldn't be surprised if they swept them. I really wouldn't. Like I I know it's going to sound crazy, but just watch. Like come on Sunday, they're going to be up 2-0 in the series and they're going to have a chance to sweep. We'll see. We'll see. That's yep. a good one. That's a good weekend. That is a good one. Um, next series we have is probably my favorite series of the weekend, Texas at TCU. Now, we already talked about how TCU has a strong two-game lead on Texas in the Big 12, and it's really just a two-man race now. Texas Tech's out of it. They're like five games back. So yep. TCU has been putting together a sneaky, really, really good season. Now, they, they lost two out of three to Texas Tech early in the year. Um, they also split against Gonzaga, which is not good. But And then they also lost that Sunday game in the Shriners College Classic to Sam Houston. Not a good loss. But they've swept Liberty this year. They've beaten Mississippi State. And, you know, they've pretty much beaten everybody else that they've played. Like, they, they handle business. And so they know they're hosting Texas. And t- everybody's hyped up on Texas who just lost the series against Texas Tech. and. So this is their time to say, like, we're the best team in Texas. Like, we're the best team in the Big 12. But I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Texas in this series. I think Texas wins two out of three because I like Ty Madden on Friday. And then I think they win one of the next two. I think they know it's a must-win series, and it's going to shake things up. They're going to gain a game on the standings in the Big 12, which really makes, like, the last weekend series, like, that much more important to see who wins the Big 12. So I'm going to take Texas. Dude, the Big 12 is almost all but guaranteed three regional hosts. They're gonna, they have three regionals locked up in Big 12 country. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's no, it's not even with, without question. Um, but now you're just for pride. You're playing for, you know, what seed you get nationally, like whether you're 12, you're, for your 16th that's what they're playing for right now and a big 12 championship and this weekend i'm rolling with the horn frogs i figured you would now i just don't i, I mean, like them i just i have that gut feeling this week that everybody's going to be on tcu everybody's hyped up on them everybody's kind of forgotten about texas but like that texas team they swept south carolina which was a huge win like they've They've played really good baseball. Hey, Ben, 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 just yeah. turn your camera off. Why am I that ugly? Fine. No, just keep the sound clear. All right. <laughs> but, okay. So, a um, little maintenance issue there. But, anyways, like, Texas Tech beat Texas two out of three. But on aggregate, like, Texas beat – Texas Tech 11 to 3 one game and then they lost a three run game and then they lost a two run game. So like they actually outscored Texas Tech in this past series and I don't know. Like I just think Texas is going to is going to somehow win this series. I'm not saying they're the better team. I just like I have that feeling that TCU has a little bit less to play for than Texas right now. But you're taking TCU D Um, I'm taking TCU. I think no. I think TCU at home. Luke Tom Magic is rolling like they're on like a like a I mean 
on right now. Yeah, um, I didn't hear anything you just said, but it, I'm sure it was great stuff. <laughs> your, your Wi-Fi is about had it for the night, but it's okay. We're about to wrap this thing up. God, this, this <laughs> Wi-Fi is trash. I am really go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there today, and I'm going to get this shit fixed. I'm going to tell them I want my money back, and I'm going to get a better Wi-Fi. Do it. Film the whole thing. I'd love to watch it. Um, but we'll wrap up this episode with this last little series we have here, and it's a big one. Uh, it's going to be in the Pac-12, and it's Arizona at Stanford. Now, we've talked about Arizona this year. We've talked about Stanford, but not as much as we've talked about like Oregon and Oregon State and UCLA. Well, guess what? These two teams are ahead of Oregon, Oregon State, and UCLA in the standings, and Arizona's 15-6 and six in the Pac-12. Stanford's in second place. They're 10-5. and five. So Stanford would have to go 5-1 and one in their next six conference games to tie Arizona. And Arizona's on a 10-game winning streak right now. Stanford is at home. But, I mean, you just look at, at Arizona's offense. They put up double-digit numbers or runs more than any other team in the country. And I don't know if that's an actual stat. But you, just, you look at their scores, dude. They put up double-digit runs so often. Like it's a, it's a joke how good their offense is. And I think they go into Stanford and just roll them. Just not it, it's not even going to be a close series at all. Arizona might give up eight runs in a game, but they're going to score 18. Like I like this Arizona team a lot. I think they have what it takes to make a big push at Omaha, and like I think they're really going to separate themselves this weekend in the Pac-12. So I'm taking Arizona. And I'm not even going to waste my time justifying my pick because I think it's pretty straightforward. I'm rolling with Arizona as well. Um, Arizona's just got the better team. They've got the better offense. If Stanford wants to get in a little slugfest, Arizona's going to win that every time. Um, I think Stanford's got the pieces to be a good team in the postseason, but I just think Arizona all year has been playing a much harder schedule. Um, they've been hitting all year. When their pitching shows up, really, really good team. And yeah. I'm rolling with the Wildcat. Now, the, the, the two things that spit out and say, okay, maybe – Stanford is the real deal is like you look back um, they won the series at UCLA they've won at they've won against uh, so they've played sorry I just spitballing here they won the series at USC they won the series at Arizona State they've won the series against UCLA at home they won the series against they won three out of four against UC Irvine like this Stanford team is about as consistent as it gets um, they have a really good pitching staff. All these games I'm looking at, like they're two, two five, zero. Like if their pitching holds up this weekend, like they could easily shut down Arizona. I mean, why wouldn't they? You know what I mean? Like I don't see any problem why they couldn't, but I'm taking Arizona. I think it's going to be a slugfest. I have a feeling Arizona sweeps this series. I really do. I think um, I'm, I think Arizona does at least get two. Um, they're just going to hit all weekend, and I think you've – Stanford's going to have to be in a position where they're just going to have to, you know, get guys on the mound, get guys out of the bullpen. They're just going to have to. They're going to have to use all of their. They're going to have to use all of their bullets in one game, like all of their best relievers in one game to win one game. Like you know what I mean? Like so, use it all to to win one game. So, but anyways, that pretty much wraps it up for the show here. Um, Definitely appreciate everybody's patience, like with our little Wi-Fi (laughs) connections. I'm gonna do my best to edit all those out, and uh, but it's gonna be fine. Um, We're gonna be back Sunday. And it's going to be a good little re- weekend recap with uh, potentially some 
big name guests that we have coming forward. And um, no, but it's going to be fun. Definitely follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends, tell your coworkers, family members, all that, because college baseball is starting to heat up. And I don't mean just the temperature. Like this is the time of year where we shine. And this is where like we put out more content than any other college baseball site. So um, definitely follow us on Twitter. Keep up with us on the podcast. Subscribe. um, Leave us a comment. Whatever you guys want to do. But we definitely appreciate all the loyal listeners and fans out there. Um, We definitely love the engagement. So besides that, enjoy the weekend. We're going to be tweeting out everything that we can. And uh, Dimitri, have fun in Italy, dude. You're getting up for the day. I'm about to go to bed. Um, I'll probably be up for a little while. I mean, it's 630 in the morning. um, Sun's up. I already slept like eight hours. Um, but I don't want to just sit around for the next five hours until my roommates get up. Like, that's just, I'm just like, dude, I might just get in bed and watch a movie. Do it, man. Get in bed and watch a nice fat movie there. But hell yeah. Uh, Y'all have a good one. Hey, appreciate the patience. Um, I'm doing the best I can over here. Hopefully I can get the video going again, but my God, I'm going to get this Wi-Fi shit straightened out. I'm going to let them know the business. I'm going to let them know who I am and that I don't take take quality. I expect greatness. I always do. All right, dude. We'll uh, we'll be back on Sunday. Uh, Yeah.